Houston Dynamo, Portland Timbers, Sporting Kansas, Los Angeles Galaxy, Beach Pass, Toronto FC, Salt Lake, Chicago Fire, Columbus Crew, FC Dallas, York Red Bulls, Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. You download the episode. We thank you. PitchPass.com to learn more about the show. The only thing we're going to ask in return, no, not money, just spreading the word. Word of mouth really helps the show. So please, tell a couple of your soccer buddies, and if they're MLS-loving buddies, they should already know about it, but your soccer buddies about this podcast. A lot going on in Columbus with the new rebrand. That logo looks awesome. And they've acquired a new player for next year. Kai Kamara will rejoin Columbus Crew for the 2015 season. We'll talk to him a little later on but first friday night hartford it's going to be another friendly featuring the u.s men's national team versus ecuador and i think the bigger story landon donovan's last match in a usa jersey we'll talk about his form for the national team his legacy and his club team with sports illustrated's grant wall and he joins us right now grant how you been my friend been good you know uh had some time at home post world cup which is nice after being on the road but now starting to get out traveling a lot more with U.S. men's and women's games and MLS and the playoffs retron. Will you be in Hartford on Friday? I assume yes. Yes, I'll be in Hartford and then I'm not going to the second men's game in Florida. I'm going to go from Hartford to Kansas City for the uh, Women's World Cup qualifying tournament. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Well, let's start with the national team uh, and then we'll get really focused in on on Landon Donovan stuff. Uh, First off, Obviously, uh, Klinsman was, was kind of hamstrung with, with MLS uh, winding down as to who he could pick and who he couldn't pick. Um, some of the names, though, and I, I have one in particular that I'm assuming you're going to be talking about, uh, kind of stick out as, as surprises. Uh, what do you look at as the surprises on the, on the roster thus far? Well, you know, the report had come out that Miguel Ibarra would be uh, selected for this roster. And you know, I, I remember correctly the first, second division player to be selected for the senior national team on the men's side since Clyde Sims uh, several years ago. Um, so, you know, clearly that's a story, and Klinsman has done some surprises lately with picking an ASL player after picking an NCAA player in Jordan Morris last month for the senior team. So I think Klinsman's trying to send the message that, uh, you know, his, his gaze is even farther afield than most of us think it is. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm looking forward to see, you know, seeing how Ibarra plays. And in this case, where we're right off a of post-World Cup, there really isn't anything that we need to gear up for anytime soon. I guess if you're going to experiment, if you're going to put that attitude of, look, it doesn't matter where you play, which, you know, in the past, Klinsman has kind of gone the other way and saying uh, you need to be playing in Europe, and he was kind of pushing people to Europe. If you want to dispel that, that or, or say that's an old way of thinking, this is the time to bring somebody in. No, I think so. And if you look at Clemson Fix, uh, he's actually been more open to MLS players than Bob Bradley was as national team coach. And obviously things have changed a little bit. There are more top U.S. men national team players in MLS now than there were under Bradley's reign. But at the same time, uh, I don't think Clemson necessarily uses playing in MLS as a, as a stigma uh, for not being picked. You know, you look at a guy like Kyle Beckerman or Chris Wondolowski making the World Cup team, uh, and those are career MLS players. So, and you, you mentioned Clyde Sims earlier. I even feel like that Clyde Sims situation, and correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't that 
due to to the uh, the lockout or the the strike or the the dispute over wages. So even I feel like that call in was was one that was made under extraordinary circumstances. This Ibarra pick is just I like this kid and I want to come in and I want to see him play. Yeah, that's a good point to make. I remember that situation. I think it was early 2005, right before the start of the final round of World Cup qualifying, where the U.S. men uh, almost went on strike. Yeah. In the end, did not. But definitely unusual circumstances for that one. This is more kind of within the normal realm of, of you know, of possibilities. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but... Obviously, if we're MLS-focused, which a lot of us are, uh, especially on this podcast, we don't watch a lot of NASL, and we don't watch a lot of Minnesota United. What can we expect from Miguel Abara? Well, if I'm being perfectly honest, uh, I don't watch the NASL. You know, I watch their title game, but that's about it. So, uh, based on what I've read, what can we expect, or what I've seen on YouTube clips uh, with Miguel Ibarra, is you're going to get a guy who has a lot of speed uh, on the wing. Uh, that could potentially help the U.S., has skill as well. Uh, and we'll see how he adjusts to, to this level. You know, uh, I'm curious to see if he plays at all uh, during these few games or if Doris Klinsman is bringing him in more just to kind of see what he has uh, in training sessions. So let me ask you this, and this will be more of a big-picture philosophical thing. We, we didn't hear any rumors of Klinsman in Minnesota checking out a, a Minnesota United match. So how does a guy like Ibarra get on Klinsman's radar? And not Ibarra specifically, but guys who are not on the main stage. How do they get on Klinsman's radar? Well, it's not just Klinsman. It's his staff, you know, and he's got guys on his staff who are looking at uh, U.S. American players, both in the United States and abroad. It's one of the reasons why guys like Andy Herzog, uh, Clinton's assistant, are based, you know, in Europe. You know, Andy lives in Vienna, so he's keeping tabs on a lot of the U.S. players over there. Uh, sometimes seeing them, visiting with them in person. Um, you know, in the U.S., uh, you know, a guy like Tab Ramos is on his staff. I think Tab gets around and sees a fair number of guys as well. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm not totally certain. I'd like to find out more about the story of how Klinsman and his staff ended up seeing Ibarra play enough that they wanted to bring him in. Yeah, and that that's one of the interesting storylines. Of course, the big storyline for the match on Friday in Hartford is Landon Donovan's last match in a uh, in a national team uh, uniform or jersey. Um, look, to me, the the whole uh, he said she said he said he said stuff uh, is is kind of getting in the way of us giving a proper send off to the greatest American player of all time. I, I don't want to get into that and who said what, but um, how much do you expect him to play on Friday? Well, Klinsman has said that Donovan will play about thirty minutes. He'll be on the field at the start of the game. He will wear the captain's armband. So, you know, I expect that's what will happen. Um, and, you know, my feeling is is that the whole reason that this is happening, this farewell game, is so that Donovan can be properly honored by U.S. soccer in the stadium, but also by the more than 30,000 fans who are going to be there. Uh, there would be a lot fewer people if this wouldn't be happening. So this is mainly for Wayne and Donovan. And I think, you know, what we end up remembering from this week will be that very, those very cool electric moments in the you know in the stadium when yeah. Donovan is on the field and and having that moment with the fans and uh, I think some of the stuff between Donovan and Klinsman that we're seeing the sniping back and forth um, you know it's kind of peripheral in in you know in relation to the rest of all of this and I think yeah that's what we'll remember twenty 
you know, 20 years from now is the moment Donovan ends up having with the fans. Exactly. Um, and you had a chance to have an extensive conversation with Landon not too long ago. Uh, yeah, I know you referenced in, in your fantastic piece on Landon that is on uh, SI.com and Planet Football section. Um, but if you could expand a little further on the answer you gave in your column, is this the end? Would, would you be surprised if Landon came back or in your conversations with him, especially recently, are you getting the vibe that, that he's, he's comfortable with his decision? Well, I asked him straight up, you know, you're only 32 years old. Yeah. And is there any chance that a year from now, two years from now, you could decide to come back and play? Did you miss it? And he said he would never say never, uh, but that he feels like this really is the end. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see if that's the case or not. Um, I do get the feeling from talking to Donovan and observing him over the last couple of years that there certainly have been times when he hasn't enjoyed soccer very much. And uh, he said to me, the best advice he ever got was his mom said, uh, if you're not enjoying the game, don't do it. And so there's not a coincidence that Donovan has played at a very high level since announcing his retirement, I don't think. And he knows the end is near, uh, wants to go out on the right note, uh, can do that with the U.S. on Friday, and then can clearly do it if the Galaxy were to win the MLS Cup and he'd win a record six title. Uh, potentially on his home field. So that's certainly in play right now. L.A. has been the best team in MLS now for a couple of months, I'd say. Uh, they still got a chance to set a record for all-time points in an MLS season. And the cool thing is, is that Seattle has been neck and neck with them the whole way. Seattle's one of the best teams in MLS history, too. One of the things that has made Donovan such a fascinating would be the the, the neutral term, it, derisive would be the negative term, figures in, in American soccer all these years, has been his personality and the way that he does uh, go about his business. And that's why I think that question is so hard to answer. You know, even if the man himself says it to you and he says it's unlikely, but I'll never say never, you still, though, get the vibe that he could come back, but then you also get the vibe that this is a guy who, who doesn't live for soccer and can just walk away. It's not a Jordan situation where when he retired, you went, oh, that guy still needs his competitive fire still is such that he needs to come back. You don't get that feeling from Landon Donovan, though. I don't, you know. I guess we'll have to wait and see how things shake out. But I know he's interested in doing uh, commentary for uh, soccer games, whether it's studio commentary or, or booth commentary for games. Um, so I think that could happen sooner rather than later, potentially. Um, you know, he told me he wanted to take some college classes. He's missed out on that experience by turning pro at 17. Uh, you know, he's a guy that I've gotten to know fairly well over the years, and I think he has a lot of curiosity about the world. He told me he wants to travel. Uh, not that he hasn't traveled a ton, but he's always traveled for soccer, and he wants to just travel and, and see non-soccer stuff in, in places around the world. And the interesting thing, and this is a total side note, but – Landon's the first guy, the first MLS guy, uh, I should say, uh, the first American MLS guy that that can do whatever he wants at 32 years old. A lot of these guys, uh, based on salary structures and the way the league was and the league, the way the league kind of is still is, they, they need to move on to something else. He's he's a guy that can do whatever he wants, and if he chooses to do nothing, he could do that as well. Yeah, you know, I, I do think he will be active in something, but I think he wants to figure out what those somethings are. And certainly there's a freedom that comes with, you know, I think he's probably managed his money decently, but he's earned his career and he's uh, made many millions of dollars 
in his career, both from salary and endorsements and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it's probably pretty good to be Landon Donovan <laughs> to have that freedom uh, now that you've uh, come to the end of your career. So, question about his accomplishments, and I've asked this before on the show, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, the the I, first the longer lasting record. Which record do you think will 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 uh, stay stand longer? The assist record or the goal scoring record? Really good question, uh, and I honestly don't know the answer to that one. Um, you know, I I do think there's a decent chance. You know, both for MLS and with the U.S. national team, he holds the goal and assist record for both. Yes, you know, so um, uh, I would say. The more surprising records are maybe in MLS just because we missed so many games over the years due to national team duty and the fact that MLS still doesn't, uh, you know, avoid scheduling games on FIFA breaks. Uh, and, you know, it makes you wonder how many goals and assists he might have had for his career. He might have, you know, if he had not had those conflicts and missed games for the national team. Uh, he might have just completely gone off the charts, and, and those records would have lasted forever. Um, you know, you look at the U.S., and uh, I think he did 57 goals and 57 assists, and, and nobody's really close, you know. And anyone who's going to break those records is going to have to break onto the scene at a very young age, like Donovan did. Uh, I was at his first U.S. game where he did score against Mexico back in 2000, and at that time, I think he was 18 for his debut. Uh, and, you know, you've got to have the longevity, which is where I think Donovan yeah. really separates himself from the pack. You know, Eddie Johnson had a crazy goal-scoring record early on in his career for the U.S., but then he tailed off, you know. And uh, Alex Morgan is, uh, has an amazing goal-scoring record for her age it's on the women's side, but you know, it's something you, you can't just do it for a couple of years. You have to do it for 10, 12, 15 years if you're going to be breaking those records. Agreed. And, you know, I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, especially for the MLS. The My thought process was, uh, and I've said this on the show before, the goal scoring record is going to be very hard to beat, uh, especially now, because if you're a young, exciting American player, you may play in MLS for three or four years, then go overseas, which then takes you out of the mix. Or you get the other side of the coin, you get a Robbie Keane come over at 33, you're still not going to have a chance to get that thing. And I think that record will stand until MLS is a major player on the international stage which you know let's say we're at least 10 years away from that then we're at least 10 years away from somebody threatening a record because they would be in mls for 10 to 15 years to to threaten it yeah i think that's a pretty sound way of looking at it you know i I do think what has changed in the last year or so is that mls is now willing to pay really big sums of money to have the top U.S. men's national team players over in MLS during the prime of their career and presumably to hang on to some guys who are tremendous young American goal scorers. Uh, it does make you think, though, that if someone's going to break down a goal scoring record for MLS, that it's, it might be more likely to be an American simply because yeah. if you had a, a foreign player, that a foreign player would now be more likely to, to leave for a place like Europe. So I guess is, our whole conversation is kind of centered around Landon Donovan. Let's wrap up with Landon Donovan's club team in LA Galaxy. You mentioned uh, before, and, and you've posted on SI.com, that this, this Galaxy team could take its place among the all-time greatest teams of all time in MLS, if not the greatest all-time team in MLS. Um, 
Seattle standing in their way. You mentioned them. I also feel like New England, especially now with Jermaine Jones, is is a barrier. Um, what do you think are, are the chances that a team knocks off Galaxy in their quest for a sixth MLS Cup? Well, MLS playoffs can be a crapshoot, as we've seen over the years, uh, with a lot of eight and nine seeds getting to the final. Um, yeah, we've had a long, different discussion about the MLS playoff format and whether it makes it as difficult as it should be for lower-seeded teams to advance. I don't think it does. But uh, if there's any top-seeded team that has a, has a chance of really running the table in the postseason, I think this Galaxy team might be it. You know, you look at just the way they have blitzed every, just about every team they've faced uh, over the last several months. Uh, yeah, I think it's two losses in 21 league games now. Um, and you look at, at the way they've played against Seattle for a long time now, basically owning the Sounders, uh, you know, things can happen. You know, Salt Lake can, can end up beating the Galaxy like they did last year in the playoffs, surprising people. But um, L.A. has so much going for it right now. And when you look at the goal differential, it's the second highest in league history. At this point, they could actually surpass the 98 Galaxy if they keep scoring goals at this rate over the last three games of the regular season. Does anybody have uh, any of the, the the playoff teams have the defensive wherewithal to to really threaten um, the Galaxy? I, I'm thinking maybe Real Salt Lake, but I, I just feel like the, of the teams we just mentioned, I mentioned the Revs, you mentioned the Sounders. Defensively, I feel like that's where they they lack, and obviously, offensively, Galaxy can can play with anybody in the league. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I, I look at, at Salt Lake. I think they're the team that probably has the, the strongest defense. But now Chris Schuler might have an injury that could keep him out for a while. So I think that's a, that's something to really keep an eye on as we head toward the postseason. Um, you know, I, Seattle, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, they certainly conceded more goals this year than LA has. Um, so the defense has looked okay at times. Um, you know, you look at New England. I think having Jones certainly adds to uh, what they do defensively. Uh, you know, Jose Gonzalez hasn't been as good as he was last year. He was Defender of the Year. Um, but, you know, I, I'm kind of proud of myself for my, my pick of New England to win MLS Cup preseason. I don't yeah. think many people were saying that. They're actually in the mix now. Um, and I was in Kansas City, and when Kansas City has been at its best defensively, uh, they have been a terrific defensive team, but they haven't been that good defensively now for a little while. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting, and for me as an MLS fan, this is the most exciting time of the year. You guys are killing it on SI.com between you and Strauss and everybody else at the crew, so thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate you taking some time, Grant. Thanks for having me. Good talking to you. I wasn't just blowing smoke. SI.com, Planet Football, is the place to go for all of your soccer news. And they do a hell of a job on MLS as well. If you haven't read Brian Strauss's column on the ambitions of Minnesota United and getting a team, an MLS team, in Minneapolis, make sure you do that. Speaking of ambitions, rebrands have been all the rage. And they've been very helpful, especially in the case of, say, Sporting Kansas City. In Columbus, they're doing a rebrand as well. New logo and a lot of buzz around the crew. They've already announced the signing for next year. He's someone very familiar with MLS and with MLS fans. It's Kai Kamara, and he joins us right now on the show. Kai, how are you, man? I'm good, Greg. Thanks. Uh, well, let me ask you, because I'm not sure. I was going to say welcome back to the States, but I'm not sure of your timeline. Uh, when, it, when did you officially get back in the States? Uh, midnight on Monday. Okay, so you, it is a welcome back to the States situation. Yes, yes, it is. I obviously got a right of time for the 
for the announcement and everything. Uh, so where were you doing before that? Because, you know, we've been seeing you. You're obviously a great tweeter, Instagrammer, but, uh, you know, we haven't seen you on the pitch. So what have you been kind of been doing with yourself the last few months? Um, well, a few weeks ago, I was actually with Wolverhampton in, uh, in England, the championship. Um, not something that I needed to tweet or, you know, post anywhere because, you know, um, just out there training and, uh, you know, offering a contract. But obviously, uh I was in, you know, turned out for my work permit, so um, I just trained, and uh, Monday I travel over here to uh, come join up with the crew. Well, this is an MLS-focused podcast. Uh, I consider myself an MLS snob. I get the feeling, and tell me if I'm wrong, that you did have opportunities, as you kind of just mentioned, to, to stay in England, but you chose to come back in MLS. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, not just England. Uh, you know, a few options out overseas and... Uh, it's really about just the whole, you know, plan that was, you know, put together over here. And uh, for me and my family, too, when I thought about it and thought about, you know, what, you know, I can be part of again and uh, building something. So it was really interesting. And to me, I was just said, yeah, that's fine. I'm definitely and I'm a free player. You know, MLS didn't have to go spend much to get me. I feel like, you know, it's, it's a place for me. So I definitely just happy to come back to it. Yeah, and, and to me, that's the exciting thing is as as a guy who who did have opportunities, who, who could have stayed overseas if they wanted to. And it was also a situation where it didn't feel like you were unsettled in England and it looked like you were settling in nicely uh, to choose to come back here. And I've read, you know, uh, how you've been saying to even your teammates when you were in England that, you know, this is a league that, that you kind of got to you got to kind of keep keep notice of and and uh, and give respect to. Definitely. I mean, being out there, being in, in England, um, whether I was a, a, with Norwich or being with Middlesbrough, um, I went, you know, ran by a lot of players that's looking to come over to play in America because, you know, America, the MLS has really been known now all over and uh, everybody's looking up to make that transition. And for me, that was one of the things, too, when I was out there, you know, hearing all that. And I said, well, um, it's at my time of my career. It's like, why not, you know? go back to where, you know, I've really made a name for myself and continue to play there and continue to actually give myself something better than just an Open Cup championship, you know, hopefully an MLS, you know, MLS Cup. So those are all one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to do this and come back. You are, like I said, a guy who, who loves to share their, his life uh, on social media. How long did you have to sit on this news that this is where you were going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was a tough one, you know. <laughs> And obviously, that's the one that everybody calls. Make sure you do not put it on Twitter, okay? <laughs> Every day, it's like they they ring in your head. I go, okay, okay, I know how to do that. <laughs> but um, so I had to like come down on my tweets a bit, you know. And even though I knew a few players with the, with the crew, you know, I have to like stay away from them and not tell them, you know, what's going on. But you know, I actually I love you know everything that you know that was planned and everything that that's planned going forward. You know, even though I can't be part of the team to play for this year but you know i'm really looking forward to adjust to the system and be ready for next year i feel like it was good that you didn't get to town until monday night because if you had stayed any longer you wouldn't have helped yourself you would have had to tweeted something out no no they definitely, <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure they would have put me in a hotel somewhere far far away that doesn't have you know wi-fi or any kind of signal <laughs> uh has columbus changed much since you were last there a lot a lot uh columbus has changed a lot and it's pretty good too i mean uh Hey, I'm looking forward to it, and obviously, even when it comes down to the team now, and with all these changes that's been made, you know, I'm sure, you know, that a lot of people are going to be, you know, all up for it, you know, coming to the new year. 
but um, the city of Columbus, you know, definitely looks different. And, uh, I mean, they're getting uh, a full stadium now to watch, you know, soccer games. So it looks like, you know, soccer is coming back to life. And it looks like you have already been told, uh, you've been tweeted a Chipotle map for the Columbus area. <laughs> that was actually the Monday I was on my way over. That's when I was tweeted the map for Chipotle. Um, but uh, I'm sure, you know, Chipotle headquarters definitely had sent me, you know, all the necessary information <laughs> that I need to know. I actually had my first Chipotle here in Columbus, so I can't wait to go back to that restaurant and uh, and go, you know, say, wow, I had my first Chipotle here oh, Kai, uh, you, nine years ago. Kai, you never forget your first. That's what I've always been told. You never forget oh, really? your first. <laughs> <laughs> you. Now, I saw that you tweeted out uh, not too long ago that you and your wife were at a Chipotle in London. Do they not have Chipotles all over the place in England, or is it, is it, is it just London is the good one? Uh, yeah, just one in London, just one in London. So every time we make our way down to London, uh, we always go to, to the Chipotle there. Um, Right outside Trafalgar Square. Wait, wait. Well, and, only uh, one Chipotle yeah. in all of London is only uh, in all of England is only one Chipotle. I, I maybe there is another one, but every time we look or every time we ask, oh. everybody just tells us about the one in London. I know, right? But so oh. it's a two-hour trip, two and a half-hour trip to go have Chipotle. <laughs> but I've made it a few times, and uh, it's all worth it. You know, I was going to ask you about, you know, you and your wife adjusting in life in England and now coming back over the States. But I, honestly, I'm more concerned about Chelsea. How does Chelsea adjust to the move as an English dog and now coming back and being an American dog? <laughs> she, uh, she's not back yet. She says she's not coming back. What? What? What's going on? <laughs> she, uh, she loves all the green area over there. It's amazing. <laughs> I think she loves it over there. She loved it more than, you know, even me playing soccer. But, um no, um, she's going to love it. Uh, I don't think, you know, a lot of people are probably jealous because Chelsea's travel more than a lot of people, you know. So, it's true. It's true. And she's always going to be with us everywhere. Well, word is that uh, the, the transfer of Chelsea still hinging on a couple of things. Uh, she hasn't worked out her wages yet. Uh, she She's still got a couple of things she needs to work out before she comes over. No, it's actually, um, you know, the, the wife heads back over there um, to grab the rest of the stuff, which, you know, I pushed her to do that because I just want to chill and relax. Yes. But um, And then Chelsea will be on a flight, and she's up to date on, on all the vaccines and be here. And we just got to find a place for her to live. That's uh, that's the most important thing so that when she comes, um, she'll be ready to go. Now, you talked about uh, being being in Columbus, staying in Columbus for a while to get adjusted to life in Columbus. Um, what is your schedule with the team? I know you can't start playing until next season, but you know word is filtering out that you are going to be a part of the team throughout the rest of the season. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not an old guy in this league, so I consider myself as a veteran and experienced player. So, you know, uh, bringing my experience, you know, into the locker room at the moment, you know, really training with the team every day, you know, starting next week, I'll be there, um, connect with the guys, you know, get to know most of the guys and get to, you know, really familiarize with the coaching, with the coaching staff and their system and to what, you know, what the team is all about you know, before, you know, preseason starts next year. But, you know, me being around there and me, you know, having my experience in the in the league, um, it's a really young locker room. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to, you know, being around the guys and really, like, motivating them in the final push to the playoff. Is there such a thing, and I know it happens in American football when, when maybe the, the quarterback is injured, he plays on the scout team and, and pretends to be the best player in the other team. Is, is, there, is there something like that in soccer? Can you, on the, on the practice field, uh, pretend to be a player that, that the, the crew is going to come up against uh, later on in the season? 
Yeah, actually, I like that idea. Yeah, I'm going to talk to coach about that. <laughs> uh, maybe, you know, if they're playing against a team that has a really good goalkeeper, I can get in goal and pretend to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I think he probably would just keep me into the position that he wants me to play so I can get familiarized with it. Um, but I'm, I'm up for anything. You know, really being here for this uh, short time um, into the end of the season and into the playoffs, it's really for me to just adapt and just, you know, to get the ideas of everything that he wants to do. Something that we always see uh, in, in MLS is when a team rebrands or a new logo comes out, even for the league, there's always half the people who kind of like it and the other half are kind of uh, on the fence on it. This new crew logo, though, seems to be universally loved. How awesome was it uh, at, the, at the event where everything wasn't announced and you were obviously introduced to the team? Um, it was great. You know, it's really it was really great to be part of it. Um, I think it was a lot of people was waiting for this. You know, um, the crew logo. You know, one of the originals that's always been there yep. hasn't been changed. Um, so a lot of people have accepted it. You know, to be honest, and even me. I mean, I don't even if even I wasn't here, I would have said, yeah, that's uh, it's about time. You know, for something like that. So, uh, you know, I have to be honest. Uh, it's it's really good and it's great. You know, that team colors is still the same. Cause yeah. It's not a team in the league that has those colors when you see them on TV and say, yeah, that's uh, that's the Columbus crew. So uh, definitely it's it's good. It's really good for all the rebrand and everything. And uh, hopefully it's just, you know, makes a really good impact in the city of Columbus. Now, do you ha- are you fully outfitted in your new crew gear or do you, you keep the old crew gear for the rest of the season? No, actually, uh, so I'm speaking to you. I have two scarves of new gear on me at the moment because we just came from a uh, NBC uh, television show. So. I have them all scarfed up, and uh, I'm going to keep them. I'm not going to give it back. And obviously, you know, we talked about training. This is an important time for you because, I mean, yes, you are going to help and you want to be there for the for the teammates as they make their playoff push, but you also need to keep your fitness levels up as well. Is that going to be a challenge knowing that your next competitive match isn't going to be until, say, March? No, no, no. It's for me, definitely not. I mean, uh, hopefully, you know, I'll have even some national team games now. Yes. Uh, that's going to be coming up. So, you know, being training here and then I'll definitely get some games with the national team, uh, hopefully getting called up. But uh, for me, it's not, it's, it's not going to be too difficult. I'm not a guy that's, you know, there and on fit. I just got to stay healthy at the moment, you know, and just, you know, just being part of it, just get back to the swing of things. Now, I know this is a dumb question, but you are bringing heart-shaped hands with you to Columbus, correct? Well, now, wait a second. Wait. I thought that was a no-brainer. Okay, we're breaking news here. What's going on? Hey, the season hasn't started. My season has not started yet, you know. Still waiting for 2015 now, but definitely, definitely. I mean, that's me. It's Kai Kumar. Yep. I cannot leave that behind. Uh, and then the last thing, and I know I know you're in Columbus and you're fully focused on Columbus. You had to have been kind of uh, touched by the outshowing or the outpouring of emotion from from everyone in Kansas City. Everything I've seen has been just people going, you know, it's it's a shame he's not for sporting, but I just love the fact that Kai Kamara is back in MLS, and that's got to make you feel that, good. That, that's, that, was, that was awesome, really. It's really positive to, to hear that from a lot of people. I mean, yes, I did get a lot of messages before saying come back, come back to uh, – to Kansas, uh, to Kansas City, and you know, for me, yes, I did wanted to do that. But you know, to have all these, you know, feedback from people now, it, it was like when I went to North. You know, people were really supportive, and now people saying, you know, we're so happy you're just back in the league. Uh, to me, it's it's great. You know, and uh, you know, I'm not far away, and definitely I'm in a place where I get to play uh, 
you know, I get to play Kansas City a few times next year, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, and add me to the mix as well. Uh, I just think that you are so great for the league, and it's so awesome that you chose to come back. And Kai Kamara, thank you so much for some time, and welcome back. We're looking forward to seeing you next season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Show information, go to pitchpass.com.